Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. Okay, Peyton has decided she's taking a break from reading. (laughs) (laughs) All right, the depressing story. This is supposed to be a scary story, and I'm depressed. My God, the girl in the locked room, a ghost story, chapter two. One morning, the girl hears loud noises coming from somewhere outside. It sounds as if an army has invaded the woods, bent on attacking and destroying everything on its in its path. Confused and frightened, the girl hides in her nest, buried completely under the rag of dresses. She hears a sound she can't identify, louder than thunder. They come closer. The trees surrounding the house crash to the ground. Sunlight pours through the windows. She squints and shields her eyes with her hand. Outside near the house, men shout, Who are they? Where have they come from? Why are they here? Have they come for her? She smells smoke. They must be burning something. Suppose the fire spreads to the house. She trembles. She'll have no place to hide. Men enter the house. They tramp about downstairs. They speak in loud voices. They come to the second floor, then the third. Their footsteps stop at the door. The doorknob turns, but without the key, the men cannot come in. The girl burrows deeper into the rags. She doesn't think that they're the ones that come on horseback at night. They don't pound on the door or shout at her, but she doesn't want them to know she's here just in case. She remains absolutely still. Just outside the door, she can hear a man say, This is the only room in the house that's locked. We should bust it open and take a look. Or should we bust it open and take a look? The girl cringes in her hiding place. Sure, she's sure that the men will find her. Nah, says another. Nothing in there but trash and broken stuff. The men shuffle past the door and go downstairs, laughing about something as they go. When she's sure that they won't come back, she tiptoes to the window and looks out. A huge yellow machine with long, jointed arms lifts and lowers, lifts and lowers, scooping scooping up things from the place and dumping them somewhere else. Its jaws have sharp teeth. It's far from the yellow machine and red machines with scrapers attached to their fronts. They push mounds of grassy earth onto piles of red clay. On other machines, they have rollers that flatten everything, even hills. She's never seen anything like these contraptions. They're bigger than the steam locomotives and much scarier. Trains stay on the tracks. They can't hurt you if they stay off. They can't hurt you if they stay off tracks. These machines can go anywhere. Nothing is safe from them. While they work, the machines roar and snort and make beeping sounds. They puff clouds of smoke into the air. The girl covers her ears, but she can still hear the noise that they make. A flash of movement catches her eye. A white rabbit runs across the muddy ground. She holds her breath and prays that the machines won't kill him. He disappears behind the pile of tree stumps and she lets out a breath breath and a long sigh. But where does the rabbit live? The fields have been destroyed and the woods chopped down. The men and their machines are everywhere. She wishes that she could go outside and bring the rabbit in with her. Day after day, the girl watches the wreckage spread. 
the men and their machines cut down more and more trees and destroy barns and sheds. They haul furniture from the house, sofas and chairs, their velvet upholstery stained, faded, and torn. Stuffings hang in the holes and she sees a bed's missing leg, a burrow with, without drawers, a large broken mirror, fancy tables with cracked marble tops. Did she once sit on that sofa, curled up in those chairs, sleep in that bed, look at herself in that mirror? Now everything's ruined. If it's no use to her, it, or, or it's no use to her or anyone else. The men pile up the broken furniture and set fire to it. The smoke drifts up to her window and stings her eyes. She feels as if she's watching her life turn into ashes, along with the sofas and chairs. The men don't stop with the furniture. They burn the trees, stump, the trees, the stumps, the carts, the wagons, fences, and stacks of boards. The fire smolders for days. After dark, embers glow at night, and wind teases and flicks of teases flickers of flame from the charred wood. The smell poisons the air. When nothing's left to burn, the men turn the men turn the fields to mud and plow roads through them. On the flat land below, below her window, they dig deep square holes. Their nightmare machines destroy everything in their way. Her world disappears before her eyes. Then comes a quiet time. Machines still shake the ground, but they're down on the flat land now, hard at work building houses. The girl's home is empty again, peaceful. She spends most of her time at the window watching and listening, enjoying the summer breeze and the smell of honeysuckle. She keeps her eyes focused on the distant mountains, blue and serene against the sky. She doesn't look at the fields or the meadows destroyed by the machines. One afternoon, she dreams of a picnic by the stream. She's sitting under a tree with a man and a woman, and this, in this dream she's had many times, but it always ends before she's ready. She wakes up, reaching for the man and the woman, but it's too late. They're gone, and she's alone in the locked room. Okay, this better pick up in morale pretty soon here, because, like, this is, like, this is, like, majorly bumming me out, man. Is it, like, bumming you out, man? No? Yeah? No? No? Is it bumming you out? Mm -hmm. Oh my god, I'm gonna have like weird dreams. Alright, let's go to chapter three.